Okay, the blue note. Mm-hmm. And uh, another East Side Club called the Faust Club. The what? Faust? Uh-huh. Let's see, those are the only two. Someday I sang at a little place in East St. Louis, and for the life of me, I cannot think of it. It's been long since torn down. A lot of wonderful musicians came out of there. It was on State Street, cannot remember it. But um, those are the memorable clubs or places. All right. Um, so we, we've, is there any more that you want to say about racism? Get rid of it. <laughs> it doesn't do any good. <laughs> as far as music is concerned. It's bad get, get. for everybody's <laughs> digestion. Wonderful. <laughs> um, did it did it play any more part than we discussed as far as your music is concerned? No, and it's a shame that it played a part in ruining a lot of careers like uh, Paul Robeson. Well, it had to do with, you know, his thing was a communist, but then part of it because he was black too and they had to get a fall guy. And it's people like Nina Simone who just got so sick of it, they went over to Sweden. And Josephine Baker, she would have probably stayed in St. Louis. <laughs> I don't know if that was good or not. Yeah, she was. So far ahead of her time. Wasn't she though? Everything. Yeah. There's a new book about her. Oh. Yes. I got to get it. Yes, it looks wonderful. Um, uh, is there a status to being a musician? I think so. <laughs> it's a status and a stigma. A stigma? <laughs> Why a stigma? Well, some people think you're so different from the average human being, and you're not, you know, you just have more imagination, I think, and a little God-given uh, talent or ability, but you're just like anybody else. Well, um, we had a wonderful visit before we did this interview. <laughs> we must have spent an hour together mm -hmm. talking mm -hmm. and about everything else so we wouldn't talk about music. Mm -hmm. And um, I was glad for that opportunity because I think <laughs> people are sometimes in awe of those who have a, a talent like yours. I still am. I'm in awe of a lot of artists. In fact, I've been afraid to approach a lot of them. Mm -hmm. So, I guess a case of my own medicine. <laughs> um, I'm going to run down a few uh, items here and see if uh, you want to comment on anything that we have missed. Mm -hmm. uh, life in St. Louis, when you played, and since you've been here, mm -hmm. uh, in thinking, beginning in the 60s, uh, people, mm -hmm. audiences, clubs, the pay, jobs in music, family, and segregation. 
Covered a wide ground, yeah. I think we did too. Um, I'm going to just check back and see if there's anything that I feel and you can be thinking at the same time. In fact, I think I'll turn the tape off. Is your uh, is your musical style still growing? I hope so. Do you have any particular direction that you can sense that it's changing into? Well, getting a little more realistic, I hope. You know, soulful, I guess. I don't know, like soul music, I guess all music is music of the soul, if mm -hmm. it's really music. I hope it just gets realer and uh, it can reach people and that's the main thing and strike some kind of feeling in them, especially hope. You know. Yeah. It's, hope, hope seems to be dying fast these days. There's so much going on that's negative. Um, all right, Jeannie, I've, I've enjoyed being with you and I've enjoyed listening you too. to you. And I, <laughs> I look forward to doing this and I appreciate your time. Well, I appreciate the uh, honor of being chosen. <laughs> <laughs> um, before I do sign off, mm -hmm. you know, the perspective as a woman. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? I think we've always had freedom in music. We, you know, regardless of this women's lib and stuff, we've always been musically liberated, I would say. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't see a lot of women. Now I do, but there weren't a lot of women in, uh, uh, it has nothing to do with jazz, I guess, in rock, but women have always played a big part in jazz in the bands and everything. So you never felt you were in a man's world? No, no, not at all. I'm the kind of music I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Would you want to sing your way out? <laughs> <laughs> sing my way out. Shoo-ba-doop and do it. Bye. Thank you. Great. This is moving. Um, well, I want to talk about what you've done. What you've... Uh, uh, been able to do, and I've got I've got something here that uh, young audiences gave me. It said that um, you've been in the Muni, mm -hmm. in Showboat, right, and Annie. Uh huh. Um, <coughs> what years were those? Well, let's see. Muni, uh, Annie, rather, was recent this past summer, '89, and Showboat was in '80. Six. Okay. Eighty-six. Okay. Was it, and that was the first time you'd been in the Muni? Uh-huh. They've had lots of versions of showboats, so this last one, Captain Andy, was played by Eddie Bracken. Oh, my. <laughs> he looks great. <laughs> he's got all his hair, and he's very vibrant looking. He looks terrific. How are the big stars when they come here? <laughs> I guess they're like anybody else. Some want to be quiet to themselves, and mm -hmm. some of very personable, um, just like, <laughs> like I said, your average person. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, you received an Emmy Award from the National Academy of Arts and Sciences for a commercial, a singing commercial. Oh, can you tell me about it? Uh, it was the Leather Cloth Warehouse, and they had oh, companies around most of the city, major cities back east especially. Uh, Lucille with the uh, drummer named Mickey Parker is, is, has a franchise here in Missouri, and he taught a singing video commercial for his company and some radio spots would be in order. And uh, I was talking at that time to Jack Carney, bless mm -hmm. his heart, on KMOX, and he said, that's right. He said, Jeannie Trevor would be a good one for this because we're going to make it like a jazz spoof. Mm -hmm. So it was a spoof on Memorex. You know how Ella oh, yeah. Fitzgerald sings and breaks the glass. Mm -hmm. Oh, I hit the note and it doesn't break, so I throw it in the fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> then then there was a sequel. Uh -huh. I didn't hit the notes. I take this fork and go clean. <laughs> it was, it was fun. We had no idea we'd get it. I, the director got it for best director of a of a commercial, a singing commercial, uh -huh. and uh, the trio got one. None of us showed up at the <laughs> at the awards night. We didn't think we'd get anything. Oh really? We were absolutely thrilled. Oh. We got a telegram. That's that's terrific. So that's that was um, is that local or national? That was local, but see, it's a subsidiary in all the major cities. It's a branch on offshoot of the national mm -hmm. Grammy folks. Now you do you get anything every time that is played? The residual. I was for quite some time. See, that was in 1980, and I did for many years after. Excuse me if that's a personal question. <laughs> no, a lot, a lot of people want to know that. And do you have been a guest soloist with the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra? Yeah, on two occasions. Right. Mm -hmm. I'd like to hear about that. Well, the same uh, gentleman, Jerry Kippenberger, who was at the time a bass player, a bassist with the orchestra, talked to Leonard Slatkin about the trio, it was a trio then, and vocalists doing one of those Sunday pops at the symphony, incorporated with the uh, big orchestra, and he thought it would be an excellent idea. Mm -hmm. So we did things that were written for us along with the orchestra, and then our own segment as a trio mm. quartet. And then the second time? The same. Mm -hmm. One one instant I did uh, Copeland's Portrait of Lincoln, mm -hmm. which is spoken, as you know, with orchestra. It's very hard talking words to music and not singing. You want to burst into song. Was the same conductor there both times? Mr. Slatkin. Mr. Slatkin. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, and tell me, and then, then they just said, and others across the country. Well, then we went on and did concerts, doing the same thing with the Midland, Michigan, Interlochen Orchestra and the Birmingham Symphony Orchestra. And mm -hmm. uh, we toured a lot during college, the college concert circuit across the country. Uh, what else can you think of? This is the, he, um, Mr. Colton Brenner. Mm -hmm. All right, he he said that this was not complete, but this was just what they 
put out? Do you have many more? If there's oh, something yeah. you'd like to add. <laughs> oh, we had fun in Australia. Oh. We did a, a festival at the Festival of Perth, and you met all kinds of international artists there mm -hmm. from all over the world. It's a fascinating country. Oh, I can imagine. Just, that was a highlight of our career, too. And what do they say when you say, I come from St. Louis and I'm a jazz singer. <laughs> no, they say, where is that? Where is Some that? Yeah. Do they know St. Louis blues? Oh, yes, they know that. They, that's the first thing they want to hear. Yeah, that's a very famous song. What's the best of times for you when you felt really great? Yeah. Growing up in the 50s and 60s, oh, those are the best. I guess I was a kid then, so no wonder. But some people said, oh, I had an awful childhood. Oh, this is terrible. I'm, but oh, I had so much fun in the 50s and then singing as a young lady in the 60s, a young girl. Oh, the 70s are kind of mixed emotions. I'm just now back on keel in the 80s. A lot of disco went on in the 70s and we were knocked out of the box. Mm -hmm. Live entertainment. Mm. Lots of conflict there. So I guess the good old days. <laughs> Back then, as they say. What was the conflict? Oh, I didn't know where I wanted to go musically anymore. And since disco was taking over and if I made the right choice in singing pop or if I should have gone into the rock disco uh, field or jazz artists never have. They're just now beginning to get recognition and make monies, good monies, uh, like other artists. Really? That's oh, surprises that's me. for sure. Like Ella, with all her greatness, has never earned the salaries that or Carmen McRae, that other musical artists have done. But by the same token, they're still with us, and some of them have, are yesterday's millionaires and you never hear of them anymore. Why do you suppose that is? Well, jazz is a very introspective and personal kind of music. It doesn't have mass appeal. It's beginning to slowly. The other ones are like instant millionaires, like the scratch lot. Yeah. You might hit a million. In other words, the people that you see out there on the stage with thousands of screaming fans, yeah. that doesn't go on with jazz. And not like that. Oh, there's some very avid, wonderful fans, yeah, in great number. But it's not so much it's the monies that are put into, into the other sounds. Mm -hmm. Just clean up. Well, I, hope, I hope one day there'll be millions of screaming people out there for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. If, do you have anything else you want to add about good, good times or where you've been or what you've done? Oh, there's just been so many wonderful times. Uh, I even had a stint as a disc jockey. I love that. Oh, really? <laughs> that was fun. Is that in St. Louis? Yeah, it was uh, a jazz station called KADI. It's not jazz station anymore, but I got to meet some of the jazz great announcers like uh, 
Leo Cheer is the man in the red vest. Mm -hmm. Spider Burks was alive. Um, there's a fellow that owns a studio now. He was a jock. Uh, Dick Hewlett. Mm -hmm. He owns Clayton Studio. And that was a different experience. I'm yeah. always loving to do something, wanting to do something that's different. You have a lot of appeal, Jean. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> okay.